Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into the episode, are you subscribed yet? Nourish Babes podcast monthly paid subscribers receive access to two to three additional podcast episodes per month, which are longer, more in-depth, and more specific than our free episodes, exclusive discounts and offerings, and also the potential to be featured on one of our case study episodes, where you send in your health concerns and we spend a whole episode sharing our personalized diet, lifestyle, and supplement advice for you. So are you ready to subscribe? If you're listening on Spotify, click the link in the show notes or click the lock icon on Spotify paid episodes. If you're on Apple, click the link in the show notes. On Apple, these episodes are actually hidden from your feed. Once you're subscribed, you will gain immediate access to past and future subscriber episodes. So we hope to see you there. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Nourished Babes podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking all about navigating friends, families, and relationship as it considers your health dietary lifestyle changes. So one of the hardest aspects of health might not actually be making those dietary and lifestyle changes. It could actually be the interactions that you have with family, friends, relationships, or other people in your life. So maybe you're feeding children or you have a partner who's not on board with what you're doing. Um, Maybe you've totally outgrown that nightlife scene and you're struggling to find new friends or support in your community and lifestyle changes. So in this episode, we're going to cover some of our own personal struggles around navigating friends, family relationships, and some of the challenges that many of our clients and course students experience while making these health changes. We'll discuss, obviously, also some useful tips for each. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so one of the biggest ones is I have no support from any family or friends. I know I can absolutely relate to this because when I started to have tons of digestive issues and was looking into dietary habits and changing a lot of my health habits, I was incredibly alone in all of it. It, This was back in 2013, 2014 to probably Mm -hmm. like 2018 or 19. And I didn't have a social media and I didn't really do a lot of research online. It was, yeah, it was an incredibly isolating period. So if you're feeling isolated, like you're the only one in your family who is concerned about your health and making these changes, or you're the only one in your friend group who is struggling with symptoms and is actually taking them seriously, we have some tips around this for you. So the first one is find a support group. Literally, this could be any kind of support. So this could be in real life. This could be some type of group on social media. I even find like when I was going through a lot of my health issues, I started to do more searches online for just like stories around people mm-hmm. who have healed or or who have made dietary and lifestyle changes and, and completely changed their diet. I found that was even reassuring to know like I'm not the only one going through this. Like people are 
are also going through a lot of these challenges and also the fact it's comforting to see like people have come out on the other end I hope Mm -hmm. that as we share our stories too like I hope that you see that as well as like you're not alone in this it is challenging and yeah just knowing that there are other people in this world doing the same thing so any kind of support group like I said in real life off of social media I even find I mean obviously I have a big social media following Mm -hmm. and I connect with a lot of people uh, but that is also an amazing place I mean that's how Bella and I met is Mm -hmm. off of social media so following people who Um, post about health and wellness or who maybe have I mean I can even like you can find friends in the comment sections of things like Mm -hmm. people are online sharing their stories all the time and you can of course it's great to get connected with people in real life but still you can have support and friendships and things come off of even social media absolutely we're gonna have a a little lunch date with two other people that we both met off social media on Sunday so it's just so cool we're gonna go to this like organic very health friendly forward uh, restaurant for lunch where they serve raw milk and just like have fun and chat one of the girls we've never met in real life another Mm -hmm. one I've never met in real life so it's just gonna be super fun to connect with like-minded people and again sometimes people bag on Instagram and social media but it can be an amazing place to find like-minded people absolutely So that's a big one. Another one is join a membership, things like a Facebook group. I know there's a lot of health coaches or nutritionists who do type of membership things where Mm -hmm. there's a lot of other people who are in very similar boats who maybe live in different places, but still you can connect with people online. Um, Tons of Facebook groups. I don't personally love Facebook, but Mm -hmm. I know there's lots of very specific Facebook groups that offer support and guidance and resources. And of course, meetup groups. I don't know what it's like here, but meetup.com. Yeah, definitely. There's so many different meetup groups. And it could be, yes, related to health, but I mean, I know like I got involved with a gardening meetup group in Salt Lake City and met a bunch of people from there. Literally getting involved in your local community, your local food scene, even going to like farmers markets, meeting different farmers, people who grow your food, Mm -hmm. offering to volunteer Mm -hmm. is another way to just meet people and connect and yeah just connect with others who are also kind of really trying to support their health and make better choices in regards to their food or whatever it is so that's another way is joining kind of memberships or meetup groups Um, I think another important one is to journal and get really clear on why you're doing this in the first place because when it feels isolating when you're feeling like why is this worthwhile why am I doing this I have no support from anyone else. It's a good reminder to just realize like why you are doing this. And I think there's there's some like, you know, initial things or like surface level things like, well, I want to have better skin health or I want my periods to be better or I want to lose weight or gain some muscle mass or like those things. But really getting clear on what else is underlying in that. Like for me, I want to be Mm clear-headed. I want to be able to enjoy every single aspect of my life. I want to be to be able to enjoy delicious food and see really pretty places and be able to travel Mm -hmm. and like all of these big reasons I can go back to if I'm feeling frustrated or if I'm feeling isolated I can remind myself like I'm doing this because I want to live my life to the maximum capacity Mm -hmm. that I can and 
I think for me, I did miss out. I felt like I missed out on a lot of stuff because of my health, because I, it held me back a lot. And so it was pretty easy for me to get clear on like, yeah, this is, this is why I want to live this way and continue to make these choices day in and day out because it allows me to live my best life. So getting really clear and that could be journaling. It could be also talking to people about it, like Mm -hmm. making connections and like really getting clear on why this is all worthwhile to you is another helpful thing to do. Another one is hiring a coach. I know for a lot of my clients, none of their family supports them. Mm. None of their friends support them. They also feel very isolated. Um, And so hiring some kind of coach, it could be a life coach. It could be a health coach. It could be a nutritionist. It could be whatever kind of thing you want. I mean, any kind of coach that knows like what you're going through or is someone who can be a support and kind of remind you of your why and bounce ideas off of or just be there as a support person um that is an amazing way to get some support so I have a health coach that I've seen for like I think about three years now I used to see him really consistently and now it's probably every couple months but it's so nice because I know that he is completely just dedicated to supporting me and my health and I have a lot going on and I have like two months worth of stuff to like update him on and it's really fun because I know his entire purpose is to literally just support me and be that person to give me more resources and support that in a different way than someone who is like a family or friend could do. Mm-hmm. And then another big one is just also coming to the realization that you were you changing your life also might change the dynamic of your relationships Mm -hmm. and I think this is something that's huge huge and kind of I feel like you kind of grieve it too because yeah things things will change and your life's going to change um but just realizing that yeah your relationships will change because it's not just about your food stuff right it's about I mean now I feel like I live a very different lifestyle than I used to I mean, I really prioritize my own health because I want to live a certain type of way and feel amazing in my body. And so, yeah, my lifestyle has also changed. Also, my mindset and the things that I spend my money on and like a lot of aspects Mm -hmm. of my life have changed. And so realizing that maybe you have friends that you used to be friends with and that dynamic might change because your lifestyle is going to change and that's okay because you will continue to make more friends and attract different people and Mm -hmm. it's it's this evolution so just realizing that that's part of this is important and that it's okay to evolve and just not be friends with friends that you used to be friends Mm -hmm. with And then another big one is having hard conversations if you need to. So I had a friend who, her and her sister, they would, when they got together, they, I think they lived in different cities and they would get together and they would like go out and drink a bunch and like eat a bunch of processed foods. And it was just like the entire time they were together, they, it was just based on food stuff. And my friend was like, I don't really know about this dynamic anymore because I don't really feel great when I do this Mm -hmm. with my sister. Like it's great for us to connect and it's something that we both love to do, but I also would really like it to be a little bit different. Like I still want to have food. I still want to like go out. Um, so she had to have a really hard conversation with her sister and be like, 
every time we get together, we're doing all these things and it's, it's really affecting the way that I feel about myself and my body. And I'm just not feeling good. I don't have as much energy and Mm -hmm. it's messing with my cycles and it's messing with my mental health. So I would love to keep this a part of our relationship, but like, how can we come up with a way that's going to bring us together and be fun, but also make us both feel really good. So sometimes those conversations are hard because again, the dynamics of your relationships are going to change and bring it up to people who care about you. They, if they care about you, they will want to work something out and collaborate with you so that you can feel really good while also still having fun with them. I'm curious how the sister reacted to that. She was so open to it. Exactly. Like, I feel like we always make things up in our head that it's so much more of a big deal than it is. But if they are a true friend or really supportive, like, they're more likely than not going to be supportive and understanding. Yes. For me, like, my super close family and friends are totally on board and we love talking about food and nutrition. But I definitely have more extensive family and other friends who are not so understanding and clear but that's totally okay like we're not all meant to eat the same and live the same and just acknowledging that and respecting that is good so moving on another thing that might come up in your healing journey health changes is maybe someone in your house eats differently than you do and so you're having challenges with that so this could be living with a significant other, living with your in-laws or your parents. I currently live with both my in-laws and my parents and go back and forth. Siblings, roommates, anyone who has, who you're living with and has a different dietary preference than you do. So I typically think of this as most likely than not someone who like eats a lot of ultra processed food and you're trying to eat healthier, but it could be different dietary preferences like someone in your house is vegan or someone in your house is carnivore or whatnot and it's just totally different than what you eat so our first tip is keep your own food on hand um cook your own more delicious food not more delicious but your own food that is delicious and maybe even offer it to the other person immediately they're probably not going to accept and be like open to it but people need exposure and so just continuously talking about things and doing what you need to do is a great way to kind of you don't want to be changing people but just your own actions speak so much louder than like telling people you should do this or whatnot Um, meal prepping is another huge piece and meal prepping different pieces of your meal rather than your entire meal so for example if someone is vegan you can meal prep some rice and some vegetables and some fruit and you make some steak or meat products on the side so it's not all combined so that you can eat a meal together that's relatively the same but not necessarily all the same i think another huge aspect of this is eating enough and especially eating protein so this goes for like if someone has loves to have cookies in the house or loves to have those baked goods and you're really trying to like stay away from that or just limit it not eat it as often or as frequently that can there's this like weird culture around oh i need to hide the cookies from me or i need i can't have any candy in the house or something like that um so my mom is a really good example of this she definitely has pre-diabetes but my dad can handle carbohydrates 
like no no big deal at all so she's not gonna be like no cookies allowed in the house that's not fair and fun but she's been telling me I'm like mom you really need to focus on protein getting enough protein at every single meal and as she does that she's been noticing like oh I don't crave that afternoon cookie nearly as much when I'm including more protein in my diet another example of this is me living with my in-laws I usually make breakfast and lunch for me and my fiance, but we always eat dinner together. And sometimes the dinner definitely has enough protein, whereas other times there's not enough protein and I know that I'm not gonna feel as full and satiated. So I like to have super nutrient dense protein snacks like on hand, like some high protein yogurt or some beef jerky or beef sticks, something else to kind of add to my meal either after or before so that I'm actually feeling full and satiated instead of trying to binge on all these carbohydrates and whatnot. Um, another tip is at least share, trying to share one meal together or cooking together for at least one meal instead of like every single meal. Again, this is like the example with my in-laws. We don't, we sometimes cook breakfast together, but usually I cook breakfast for me and my fiance and they do their own thing, same with lunch but then we do come together for dinner and share that one meal. So that can be super helpful. And if they're interested, I think it's really important to educate them on why you're eating the way you're eating. And some people, again, might be super open and interested. For example, my future mother-in-law, she loves talking about food. We love cooking together and it's so fun, but again, we don't necessarily eat the exact same way. For example, I was talking about raw milk the other day and she was like, oh my God, isn't that so dangerous or bad for you or whatnot? And I was just like gently explaining that it actually has more nutrients in it. And because it's not pasteurized, the nutrients are stable and you're gonna absorb more. And she was like, wow, that's really interesting. So again, just slowly educating. You don't want to push any of your ideas on this about the way you're eating to someone else, but being kind and respectful and going about this a very gentle way no one's going to listen to someone who's shaming them into forcing them to eat a certain way um so again it's kind respectful conversations you can't change anyone except for yourself and i think that can all be really helpful yeah i love what you said about eating enough and eating enough protein right yes i think people are like oh i just can't I can't have this thing in my house. And so mm-hmm. they're just really restrictive and make other people change to make sure they don't binge on some cookies mm-hmm. or crackers or whatever. And it's like, just make sure you're eating enough uh, and eating enough protein. And if you still want so the better. cookie, like eat the damn yes. cookie. It's going to yes. be okay. Yeah. I think that one's super helpful. Okay. So the next one is I'm feeling great and amazing. And I want to share all this info with my family and friends. I know this was a big one for me because obviously I'm very passionate about mm-hmm. health and the more that I learned, the more I'm like, oh my God, I need to start cooking for my mom. Like I yes. got to tell her all this because she's struggling with this or yeah, you just want to like share the information because it's obviously if it's helping and making you feel better, you want to share it with others and that's completely natural and normal to want to share that because at least if you're like me, I'm just like, I want to share this information with others so that they can feel as amazing as I mm-hmm. feel. So this is super challenging because, I mean, at least for me and my family, no one really eats like me. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't really care about 
I mean, certain foods and they're not managing their like blue light exposure at night (laughs) and like I'm the weird one of all of them. So it's incredibly hard because I'm like, wow, they all struggle with digestive issues or my mom has MS and Mm -hmm. all these other issues and I just want to like share them with, share it with all of them so that they can have the same benefits. But I've had to come to a very hard realization that it is not my job to save anyone which is really hard and that's a lot to kind of process through it just often I mean it happens over time and I always have to remind myself when I am with my family and they're like my mom for example she we cleaned out her pantry we got rid of Mm. her canola oil we cleaned it out kind of simplified her ingredients was there the other day and she was frying potatoes in canola oil she had bought a new container of it oh my gosh so frustrating because I'm like, mom, I've told you all about canola oil. Yes. This is what I do for a living. I've showed you all the videos on it. And I just have to like take a deep breath and be like, this is not my life. I'm in control of my own life. And yeah, I, I totally struggle with that too. Um, my mom is pretty much on the same page with me on a lot of stuff, but it takes like consecutive repetition for me for her to like get it mm-hmm. and also i think it's super helpful when she hears things from someone Other else people, yes. like i'll tell her something and then she'll like read an article and i think that repetitiveness is like oh i've heard this before mm-hmm. and again it's not coming from my daughter who's like trying to like tell me how to live my life yes. so that weird dynamic between like close family members is sometimes less receptive than when they're hearing it from some outside source. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think all we can do is like plant the seed, right? I told my mom she was having uh, a bunch of muscle weakness in her legs. And I was like, mom, it's probably this medication that you're taking. Mm -hmm. Kept trying to tell her over and over and over again. Then she finally saw her doctor and he was like, yeah, this, that's probably a thing. And then she was like, okay, I get it. So even if they're not going to change based on what you say, it's like yes. you're just planting a seed and yes. yeah, they can, they might come around, but they also might not. So for me too, I always have to think about it. It's like, it's an act of self-respect or it's an act of respect for someone else to just meet them where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think I might know the best thing for my mom to eat and do and but again, I don't mm-hmm. know her and her journey is her journey. And like, you just have to respect where people are at. Also, another thing that's been huge for me is waiting for an invitation to share rather than wasting mm. your energy trying to convince someone of something, right? Ooh, that's so huge. Yeah. So that's been really hard because again, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know all these things. I want to share mm-hmm. them with everyone. But the reality is that is a lot of outward energy and a lot of effort. And when someone's not receptive to that... It's, it can be really draining and frustrating to do that. Yeah. So at this point, I try to lead by example. And um, if people ask me questions, I'm like, great, yeah, I'll tell you all about this thing or I'll tell you, give you more information about it. But if that's not the case, then I just, I really just try to live and lead by example. And again, also realize that some will never come around, right? And it's not it's, your job. It's now my job to save everyone. And like I said, this all has required a lot of detachment, but I have used a lot of mantras when I get in those scenarios where they're really frustrating. And I'm like, it's not my job to save anyone. It's a, it's respectful to respect people where they're at and it's not my journey and it's not my job. So there's a lot around that, but using mantras, using what we talk about in like stress relieving techniques, deep belly breaths, 
even maybe taking a step away and, and going to the bathroom if you mm-hmm. feel like you really need some time to just decompress. So, yes, I mean, I struggled with this for a really long time, just wanting to, like, save people and tell people what to do, um, especially family members. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've just realized it. the people who are ready to change will come into your life and mm-hmm. will be receptive when they're ready to change. So I also, when I started my business, was so hesitant because I'm like, no one's going to listen to me because mm-hmm. no one really listened to me in the past. Mm-hmm. And now I realize that, people will listen to me and I can support people but the people who are ready for my support reach out to me so just really letting go of trying to control the situation trying to control other people's behavior and just realizing that it's it's respectful to just respect people where they're at and they'll come around if they want to absolutely I totally agree and especially with like the waiting for the invitation or waiting for them to like bring it up because sometimes there's talks about nutrition and I'm like I have so much to say about this but from past experiences where things went weird or sour I know to just it's better to just either not say anything at all or be very gentle and say very little about it unless they keep asking questions and they're super interested then you can like expand more but again if people are really interested in it they will ask you you don't need to force it upon anyone The next big topic that you might be struggling with is you might be feeding your kids. I know that this is a huge topic, especially in the nutrition world. So I personally don't have any kids of my own, but my sister does have three boys and one of them is a super picky eater. So we've done lots of research and experimentation with him on how to improve his nutrition and whatnot. So I have so much to say about this and I honestly love talking about this topic. So the first recommendation is get kids involved. Kids love cooking. Kids love knives. Like knives are so fun. <laughs> they do. And again, you can get more dull knives or... There's kid knives. Yes, there's kid knives. And I think we don't trust our kids enough that when you give them something sharp, like it teaches them to be careful. It teaches mm-hmm. them more about their body and how to use something correctly and respectfully. And so just getting them involved in the cooking process, you'll probably notice that they're way more likely to try new foods or eat the dinner and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, another tip is to present different options to them and lead by example. So don't uh, don't necessarily feed them a completely different meal than what you're eating. Of course, you can add some things or take away some things if they're not all about that, but if you every night are feeding your kid one meal and you're eating a completely different meal, that totally sends the wrong message and then as they grow up and you want to feed them the same meal that you are, that's not going to that transition is going to be really hard and difficult. So even if it's a few aspects of your meal just on their plate, that can be really helpful. Another huge thing is don't force them to eat anything that they don't want to. And I've heard this from one like kid nutrition educator expert that make sure you have at least one quote safe food on the kid's plate because you know that they can at least fill up on that safe food. Um, so that 
they're not they're full and they're satisfied and they're not like asking for food an hour later even though they might and that's totally normal for kids so having at least one thing that you know that they'll eat and feels comforting to them can be really helpful another thing is that the way that we recommend to eat kids usually love it like fruit, meat, potatoes. I know some kids don't like protein very much and we'll talk about that, but it's not like we're forcing kids to eat broccoli or tons of vegetables. Like kids are super intuitive and know what they like. And if we feed into that, no pun intended, then like we can trust our kids that they know what they like. Absolutely. Um, also make eating fun. There's certain like different spoons or toothpicks or like fun forks. And just like, I swear, having a toothpick with like a tiny car at the end, they're like, oh, this is so exciting. And it like makes it way more fun and enjoyable rather than just really boring plates. I've noticed that has really helped with my sister's kids. Um, another thing is including super nutrient dense. This can be in like hidden in other certain foods. This can be super helpful for picky eaters. So you can hide certain foods. So for example, one of my nephews doesn't eat enough protein and he, you can just tell that he needs a little more protein. Um, so adding protein powder or beef liver or egg yolks or other supplements and mixing in them with um, certain foods. So popsicles is a huge one. My sister will make these huge nutrient dense smoothies and they just taste like berry popsicles and the kids yeah. absolutely love it. That way you can go to sleep at night knowing that your kid is at least eating some good solid nutri- nu- nutrients. Um, other things are like pasta sauce, meatballs. There are so many ways to get creative and include those super nutrient dense foods mixed in with other foods. Another thing is sauce and especially ketchup. So many kids love ketchup or love Mm -hmm. certain sauces. Ranch is another one. And just like presenting that with another food. Maybe you give them pasta with ketchup. And to you, that sounds disgusting. But to the kid, it sounds delicious and they will totally eat it. So definitely don't make those like ew, gross facial expressions or words. But adding sauce, to, if, especially if they're asking for it, totally just go for it. We love ketchup. Um, another thing is when trying new foods, especially focus more on exploration rather than forcing the kids to eat it. So some tricks I've learned is if you're trying to expose your child to a new food, you give them the option. Okay, do you want to smell this new food or do you want to lick this new food? So then it kind of gives the kid their own autonomy to choose how they want to explore that new food. Another one is, do you want to tap it on your tongue or tap it on your teeth? So there's all these like fun, interesting ways to just get them to explore new foods. Um, Another huge one I find most people most moms, parents struggle with is getting their kids to eat protein. And this is because kids love carbohydrates naturally. Mm -hmm. But if you explain certain in a very gentle and way that a kid can understand, explain ways why protein is so important and that it makes you feel full and that it makes you feel satiated and that it gives you superpowers and that you probably won't be hungry later. Again, The first time they might not totally get it, but as you repeat it over and over again, it can be super helpful. I remember learning this story from someone who she was explaining about protein to one of her daughters and a few weeks later, 
her daughter ate something and then an hour later was hungry and she was like, mom, I'm really hungry and I think it's because I didn't eat enough protein with my meal before. And so we we just go through the motions so often and forget to sit down and explain certain things to our kids. But exploration and explaining things is the only way that they're gonna learn. So again, explaining why certain foods are good, make you strong, give you superpowers, whatever, however you wanna go about it can be super helpful. And kind of going back to what I was saying before, honor that your kids are smart in making their own food decision. Food decisions. Kids are super intuitive about how much food they need, what type of food they need, what type of foods are healthiest for them. Typically, kids will eat way more carbohydrates than they will protein. Again, protein is still important, but be kids have crazy high metabolism. So they are burning through carbs and sugar at a super high rate, especially compared to us. And they just prefer more sweet things than the average person. So if you feel like your kid only eats fruit and eats very little protein, again, we wanna get them to eat a little bit of protein, but it's totally fine and normal if they're eating tons and tons of fruit because they are growing, they're burning energy, and it's totally normal. The last thing I want to end with is don't force them to finish everything on their plate. I know this can be really hard, especially nowadays food is super expensive and you don't want to be wasting food all the time. But uh, here, an example is when my mom was growing up, she was forced to eat everything on her plate. And now she really, as an adult, she really struggles with that when she's full to stop eating and she just always finishes her plate. Whereas she hated that growing up. So when she was raising me, she never forced me to finish everything on my plate. And I have a really good sense of like when I'm full, when I'm satiated, when I'm done, even if there's still food left over on my plate. So you can try that eat one more bite. Um, my mom definitely did that, but even I know some researchers experts on food kid nutrition are against that as well but again kids are intuitive they know if they're hungry you do have to guide them their frontal lobes aren't working functioning yet but just honor and respect where they're at so many good tips i love that i love the ones about that you said about getting kids involved i will make food with my nephew sometimes and i'll let him like crack the eggs or mm. just, stir certain things and it's it's hard to kind of let go of the control because it's like especially with the eggs but kids love eggs yes just like with messes and them putting a little bit too much like i'll let him salt my food sometimes and oh gosh it's so fun but uh i think that's important because yeah kids need to get involved and they they like it they like to see like where their food's coming from or how things look or like explore they like to explore it yes so i love all of those tips Okay, so one other one. So is I'm feeling overwhelmed with eating out and traveling. So this is huge, right? When you're traveling or eating out with other people, there's lots of different dietary preferences. And this can bring up a lot of challenges, especially when people eat differently than you or they go to sleep really late or they're not, they don't get daily movement in, right? There's lots of other things that traveling can kind of bring up because mm -hmm. you're spending way more time with people. So a couple tips around this. First and foremost, make a plan, right? Mm -hmm. That could be getting snacks and making sure you have snacks on hand. It could be prepping some foods. It could be looking up certain restaurants that you can go to. It could be searching certain 
grocery stores that you can shop at wherever you're going. Um, I know asking like the food situation. So when I travel with my family, we all kind of like a family does a certain meal for everyone. And I always like make sure there's enough protein. And if there's not, I'm going to like bring my own protein source. So just like making sure you're knowing, you know what the food situation is, the sleeping situation, maybe some local markets or grocery stores around. I also like to look up parks or places close by that I can like go on a walk at if Mm -hmm. I'm in a different spot and just make sure that I kind of am getting familiar with the area beforehand and just thinking about it beforehand is huge. And then another one is establishing your non-negotiables. So on the perfect day, I would have this like morning routine and I'd have my breakfast with all these certain particular foods and I'd go on a walk mid-afternoon and get my sunlight and then at nine, like I start my night routine, whatever. That, realize that you don't necessarily have to do that every single day. You need to be flexible. It's great to be flexible when you're traveling especially, but you can also come up with things that you know that you need on a day-to-day basis to function. So for me, a non-negotiable is breakfast. Me too essential like I cannot go on vacation or travel and not have breakfast totally agree so that one is for me not that's that's a non-negotiable I need to do that every single day I feel so much better when I do that another one for me is just daily walks I want to like get outside and move my body a little bit maybe not walking as more as uh often or frequently that I do at home but still some kind of like daily outside movement and then sleep is another big one for me so If I get enough deep restful sleep, I feel pretty good. So making sure that I have a place to sleep and my blue blocking glasses and maybe some sleepy supportive tea blends. Those are some big ones for me. So again, this might not look like your normal day to day, but Mm -hmm. making sure you're taking care of some bare bones things that you need. Another one that kind of involves restaurant eating is like just eat the food at the restaurant, right? Just eat the damn vegetable oils. It's not going to kill you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes. I put on here sometimes the fun and laughter and enjoyment of the meal is more nourishing than the meal in and of itself and realize that your digestion is influenced also by like the state of how your your stress is around that meal so if you're super super stressed about a meal and you're experiencing a lot of anxiety about eating out like that will make you not digest it as well so remembering that your digestion and overall health is so much more than just the food that you eat especially if you hardly ever eat out like if you eat out on vacation and you're with family and friends and having a fun time like you're going to be good and that meal is going to be super super nourishing for you of course, you can always look at the menu before you go. I like to do this just because I want to see like what types of foods I they always have. do this, even if I'm not traveling. Exactly. Yes, I want to see what the options are. At a lot of restaurant restaurants, I do like to order a la carte. So especially with protein stuff, mm, I always will get like some kind of steak or some kind of salmon. Or there's usually a protein source available, and then maybe get some like side of veggies. Or again, sometimes I'm just like screw it, I'm gonna have some pizza and it's gonna be yep. delicious and. Yeah, it's going to be okay. So those are some options for eating out. And then another one is just keeping your own snacks on hand for when maybe you go too long without eating or you're out and about. Um, Just keeping some snacks I think is super, super helpful. So some of our favorites are beef jerky or beef sticks, things like fresh fruit or dried fruit. 
I like to have collagen powder, like little collagen mm-hmm. packets to add here and there because you can just get a little protein boost. And then things like cheese or turkey or any deli meats, those are pretty easy to keep on hand just to make sure that if you go too long without eating, you have something that can you can snack on. And then as far as some supplements that can help if you're traveling or um, with other people, digestive bitters. I love taking digestive yep. bitters when I travel because, again, maybe you're eating out, you're eating differently, you're eating at different times, maybe your gut isn't a isn't feeling as good those can be really helpful essentially it's just a liquid tincture of bitter herbs that you take before your meal helps create stomach acid and saliva and supports your liver so that will help overall digestion magnesium is another one that will help with energy and sleep and if you get constipated when you travel huge help that's a good idea and a b complex or taking beef liver that can be really helpful especially if you're drinking any kind of alcohol Collagen, like I said, that's a fun one and easy one. You can add to any kind of liquids and blue light blocking glasses. So this is especially helpful if uh, you're looking at screens late at night or if like the overhead lights, people keep, most Mm -hmm. people keep lights on into the night. And so blue blocking glasses can be really helpful and really support your body to get deep restful sleep. No overhead lighting allowed. Yes. That's my pet peeve. Yes. (laughs) And just as far as like some more, we have another podcast episode about holiday and travel and stress. This is episode 14 if you're wanting more specifics for holiday stress and travel tips. I love it. So helpful. And the last one is friend times often revolve around food and alcohol especially. So maybe you're trying to limit your alcohol consumption or you grew up in high school or college with like a huge group of partiers and you're trying to become more healthy, party less, like you're becoming an adult more and you want to taper away from that kind of lifestyle so what are some tips you can do in that case well first and foremost if you want to enjoy some alcohol with your girlfriends or your friends in general understand that it's totally okay like we like madison mentioned earlier honestly the the part of hanging out with your friends is so much more nourishing than just like avoiding it or being super anxious or being anti-alcohol and whatnot if you do want to enjoy alcohol, clear spirits are your best option um, or adding juice to mixed drinks and whatnot to fuel your liver. I also, like we mentioned, I love to take a beet complex before I drink and or after I drink to just help support me mentally, emotionally, physically and whatnot. Always, always eat before you drink. I've had few instances in my life where things went really bad really quick because I did not eat before I drink so at the very least please eat before or while you are drinking now if you're trying to be more sober or drink less some options are mocktails mocktails are so fun and so delicious yes they can totally replace the fun of alcohol Again, you sometimes that anxiety of having a drink in your hand, it doesn't, again, necessarily need to be alcohol, but that like weird comfort of having a drink in your hand can be super helpful. So choosing mocktails over, 
over a normal drink and you can even go to a bar and ask the Mm -hmm. bartender make me a fun mocktail make me your favorite mocktail so those can be super helpful Um, another really helpful tip is driving yourself or getting an uber home so if you're in a situation where you want to go out with your friends but you don't want to party till 2 a.m like offer to drive yourself and ask your friends to drive themselves or if they can uber themselves home so that you can go home when you're ready to go home maybe after a drink or no drinks and so that you don't have that pressure of having to stay until your friend who drove mm-hmm. is going to go home. Um, another huge one is setting boundaries if needed and maybe even letting go of certain friends if they just don't align with your lifestyle anymore. Again, like, kind of like we mentioned earlier, if they are a true friend and you set a boundary and say, hey, I only want to drink one drink tonight or hey, I'm not drinking this month or whatnot, I don't want to if they're like peer pressuring you into drinking maybe reconsider that friendship but if they are a true real good friend they will totally be respectful and acknowledge that again i often think we come up with these things in our head that they're gonna like be super rude or make fun of us or whatnot but more often than not they will if they're a good friend they will respect your boundaries and to wrap up just know that you can absolutely have fun without drinking. Like some of my most fun memories are do not involve alcohol at all or staying out super late, like going to dinner, having mocktails, you know, just laughing, being around good company. All of that can be so fun without the presence of needing alcohol. Yes, I love those tips. So there's no doubt that changing some of your health habits might come with some additional challenges in navigating relationships. Regardless, we would encourage you to find your own balance. You can still absolutely live a healthy life while also continuing to enjoy meaningful relationships, even if you don't agree with the way that other people are living. Because these relationships can still be really important to your health. So in the wellness world, I feel like it can get so toxic when it comes to like traveling and friends and family. And it can become super obsessive and people can Mm -hmm. get really judgmental of other people. And even of their own family and friends. So really encourage you to find your own balance. That it doesn't have to be this that's isolating obsessive stressful scenario you can still find a balance and still enjoy relationships while still having amazing health i love it so much this was such a fun episode thank you guys so much for listening if you want more information about us you can find maddie at the gut goddess on instagram or her website thegutgoddess.com me bella i'm nourishwithbella.com my instagram is also nourishwithbella Thank y'all so much for listening. If you have any comments or questions, please send us an email or a DM. We love chatting with you. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.